Hi all. So a while ago on YouTube, I stumbled down a wormhole of small kitchen appliance reviews. As I was looking to buy an air fryer and perhaps maybe a pressure cooker, that's when I stumbled across one of the worst YouTube chefs of all time. His name is Jack Scalfani, as I like to call him. Jack Salmonella Scalfani. I watch video after video of him butcher, sometimes quite literally, recipes. Imagine driving slowly past a multi-car pileup on the interstate. That's my face as I watched him teach the internet how to make partially cooked meals of varying types and taking awful and unneeded shortcuts to recipes that are already quick to prepare. The absolute horror of Jack's lazy man chefing air quote techniques to my boyfriend Tom and now since we can't unsee it we are opening your eyes to it as well I'm Michelle and I welcome you to join us for this horrific journey better known as pink chicken and the lazy man welcome back to pink chicken and the lazy man I'm Michelle uh pink chicken and I'm Tom the lazy man and we are back with another horrible episode of Cooking with Jack to review. This is a uniquely horrible episode because Jack realizes how horrible this is. Yeah, and he actually, um, he can't contain his, um, his reaction, his horrible toddler-like, um, upset face about it. So we're just gonna, we're gonna dive right into it because this is a short episode. Um, last, um, episode we were talking about how Jack pads his videos to hit the 10 minute mark um, so that he can hit the YouTube uh, monetization, mark. monetization mark. This this video before, I don't want to spoil it, but has at least three minutes of pad at the end. So he's very disappointed and doesn't want to go into it, why it failed, blah, blah, blah. He's just done at the end. He's upset and that's it. He ends it at six minutes, but the video is 10. He's like a baby when you feed them their first jar of strained peas. I like strained peas. Yes, but babies typically don't. Oh. Especially if they haven't been pudding and sweet formula their whole life. The first time they get that mommy taste of sweet pea of strained world peas in their mouth, they're like, ah, 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 ah. They don't like it. Yeah. Jack doesn't like his abomination, which he calls Easy Low Carb Rice Pudding. This video was produced one day ago, so this was released on March 20th. It's already got 2,300 views on it, which is a little high for him. Normally his videos take a day or two to simmer before they start getting these uh, hit counts. Uh, but remember, we are in the age of coronavirus here, so everybody's home, everybody's watching videos. And he also, this is another one of his videos that, again, he's jiggering the algorithm. Uh, he released this, uh, either Sam the Cooking Guy or Cooking with Babish released another video on Thursday or Friday. Yeah, the, all of them did. All of the popular ones released a video on Friday. Yep, same category, same tags. He's hoping that the YouTube picker will, if you watched any videos where you actually want to learn how to cook, Jack uh, ride with their coattails. Yeah, that's that's my theory on it anyway. All right, so let's get into it. Um, we're going to be 10 minutes, but it's really going to be six by the time we're done with this. Oh, we could go on for an hour, though. <laughs> yep. All right, folks. Uh, for those of you playing along at home, if you follow the link in our Podbean, we will start the video now. All right, so he's got his ingredients lined up in front of him. Seems very easy. Uh, he's got six ingredients. He's got milk. He's got uh, McCormick Pure Vanilla Extract. He's got a little butter. Got a little cinnamon. He's got his Swerve Sugar Substitute. And what he's playing with now is a package of shirataki mushrooms. Shirataki rice, I guess, because it's leaning keto. 
or keto friendly, this uh, uh, rice pudding. So. Yeah, just to um, just to give a little bit of a spoiler here, we actually watched some other videos because we just didn't think that keto rice pudding could be a thing because rice is the essential ingredient in rice pudding. Uh, turns out you actually can make it with some of your keto-friendly ingredients. This shirataki mushroom rice product that he's pushing here. Uh, people have made it with chia seeds. People have made it with uh, cauliflower rice. It is possible to make a keto variant of rice pudding, but again, you're not going to get the taste because it's not rice. Um, and it really comes down to technique, which, as you can tell, is already spelling disaster for our friend Jack because he lacks basic cooking techniques, much less something as delicate and time-consuming as rice pudding. So going back to the, the six ingredients here we have talked about or spoke about, based on what the lazy man Tom here has just said, there's one glaring thing that the other videos that we had watched had versus what Jack is missing. All of the ingredients he has here, yes, they included, but there's one thing that's missing, and that is... Love. No. Try again. What is the thing that's missing? A thickening agent. There you go. There you go. So we're already working at a disadvantage and we haven't even gotten to the cooking process yet. Jack sits here and explains for about, I don't know, 30 seconds a minute how he's like, oh, the rice will absorb it and this and that. And don't bake. I don't make desserts. I, that's not who I am. I like cooking. I like cooking entrees, sides. I like that kind of thing, but I don't, I hate making desserts. You like so, eating cheesecake though. I like eating cheesecake, but I do not like making desserts. I am not Betty Crocker. What I would imagine rice pudding to be would be like a risotto where you have to constantly stir it and babysit it and make sure it's absorbing the liquid, but not too fast. So right off the bat, Jack is dumping everything into the pot and he's putting the rice in first before he's putting the liquid in to me i would think you'd want to maybe put maybe half the liquid warm it a little bit add the rice add the rest of the liquid so because it's you already have some of it warmed just to break it up maybe help the absorption rate a little bit but he just dumps the whole thing in and says you know frick it here we go he kind of does like a time lapse video here you can see because of these pots and pans he's using that the liquid is you know being absorbed or being diminished or boiling off whatever is happening it's boiling down it's definitely reducing but it's not completely absorbing it's there's it's still I think what also milk is <laughs> to cook everything too high and rice pudding is one of those things where you want it to go very slow you want to introduce enough heat to make the rice, green, rice grains absorb the liquid before it boils off. And if you see here, he's got an awful lot of simmering steam coming off of this. Yeah. So he's boiling off the liquid. It's not being absorbed into the... By the way, they are shirataki noodles. I looked it up while we were there. Oh. Uh, so you're... I don't know, but like by making other things like mashed potatoes and stuff that you use milk in, you don't want to boil milk for too long because it makes basically a mushroom cloud of your pan. Like it just all runs up the side and it's boiling out the top. He has it low enough where it's not doing that, but I, I don't know. I don't, I, see, I don't know if he looked up a recipe or he just came up with one in his head based on other rice pudding dishes he now, may or may not have he, made. Now, curiously, he added the cinnamon before he started cooking. 
And now he added the vanilla and butter after he was See, it. I think he added more cinnamon after the fact here because when he gets to the end product, oh, yeah, he, it he looks like there's a fresh coating of cinnamon on it. He tells you this was in the fridge. It is still steaming hot, but he's like, oh, it was in the fridge. It wasn't getting any thicker, blah, blah, blah. He I pulled it out. Yeah, they did not wait. Every other video we watched um, that was keto friendly. The other the other key ingredient to rice puddings when you make them, be they keto or regular rice puddings, is the setting time. They take an awful lot of time to set up because again, you're not you know they're sitting in the you're not boiling off that liquid. You're just basically simmering the rice in it. And then what happens is when you put it in the fridge and it continues its cooking process as it cools down, it just keeps absorbing that liquid and absorbing that liquid and absorbing that liquid and you know, thickening up the custard of the rice pudding. Um, Jackie, of course, at no time. So we get to the end and it's it's basically He's milk. Not neutral on the subject. Milk um, flavored rice, I guess was, but it and it's not even it's not even real rice. It's probably got a little funk to it because it's it's the. Sh shirataki i almost said shiitake uh rice um so i mean I, I don't know we're missing we're definitely missing the thickening agent the cooking technique may or may not have been correct probably not i'm guessing the thickening agent was probably if you look at his recipe it's probably there he either just forgot it realized he didn't have it and decided to push on ahead like oh sweetie we forgot to buy the xanthan gum or the guar gum that the recipe calls for do you think we really need it nah we don't really need it uh, you yeah, you kind of do. Yeah, yeah you kind of do. So he takes a bite at the end, and he's very unhappy, as we discussed earlier. And uh, he's like, like I don't like this. And he's like, this is the first. This is the first time I've made crap in a while. And we all looked at each other and said, <sighs> even the cat sighed. <laughs> Pretty much. So, and then after that, he padded out the video with his title card. But before that, let me just say this. The Convoy of Hope was at the bottom covering the entire uh, cutting board where he usually sets his plate on and plates things up and eats off. You could not see any of it this time around. So I don't know if he was that embarrassed that he had to drop this title card in to co completely cover it or it's just the timing. I know he's run that title card at the beginning of the show so as not to cover things. Like things that he's been more proud of, he puts the title card in the beginning and things he's less proud of, he puts the title card at the end. It's just really coincidental. We're still sitting here on the title card, folks, because the as I'm talking. Because the title card is running an egregious <laughs> over three minutes of time. So this is... This is this is thirty percent. This is this is thirty over thirty percent of this video is nothing but no music, no sound, just a static graphic card that he made up. Let me tell you, in the TV industry, if there's any white noise or no picture running for thirty seconds, we're running and we're we're looking to see what the problem is. This is not good TV right here for anybody because you're like, what happened? What did, what did I miss something? Oh, you come to your TV and they're like nothing there. Except he has just this this title card with no sound behind it. Even if he had like, you know, he has that little jingle at the front of it. If he put something like the extended cut of that at the end, I don't know, like maybe talk over it. Three things you can do now, blah, 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 you know? Something that, that engages the audience if they w happen to walk away to do something else is good TV. No, but like every, like every short-sighted small business owner, he's decided that he has his business model. Okay, I make 
five videos a month or I make eight videos a month I know how I, I know how I get my I know how I get my money because you know I just slip them in next to all the other good cooking chefs on YouTube so I know I know that little trick but now you know now that I know this I don't want to have to like go through the process of making the videos again this, the series isn't called how to be successful on YouTube it's how to make money on YouTube this is a money-making scheme for him he doesn't do it because he loves it even though he tells you you have to do it you have, you have to find the love for it but even by the research that I did of how much he could possibly like the revenue potential of this channel he's not making all that much money it's not like he's I don't know Logan Paul and those those guys that that really pack in the views he's not making that kind of money he's making at most three grand a month which we did some math and figured if you work 40 hours a week, which he does not, you would you would be making roughly $18 an hour if you worked full time. If right. you worked the, the normal 40 hour a week. Right, so, don't forget, he's working maybe four hours a week. So he's making he's making essentially $18.50 $18 an hour. That's his job. I don't know what his wife does. But he's making eighteen. He's making the equivalent of eighteen dollars and fifty cents an hour for maybe but that, ten hours of work. But that's that's the that's the max. That I mean, there was a range in there anywhere between eighteen dollars. Well, this was I think a day or something or a week. I have to go back and look at the results. But there was a range, and the the three thousand dollars a month was at the high range. Based oh, don't on that's net. So he's not. That's not. That's not wage income. That's. That's, uh, that's, uh, that goes on a different place in 1040. That's technically uh, business capital income. So he pays a lower tax rate on it. Oh. So that's why, again, he is, he is doing this as the shifty entrepreneur small. He's the true small business owner entrepreneur with this. Right. Well, like we were talking about the, the uh, I don't know, the, the bait and switch thing going on he with the... He's talented, but he's very shrewd. Yeah, the, the, the bait and switch thing that he was trying with the Redneck Millionaire Club tv show thing where he was like well i have the sauce but i also have this and this this promotes that and that promotes this and and the the millionaire club people were like i don't know what you what what is your what are you doing well, like what is your end game here he couldn't succinctly state his offering to them because the um the percentage of the sauce business he wanted to give up was almost minuscule he didn't want to give that normally when you do a product like that you go to a venture capitalist like those redneck uh, beef baron whatever the hell they were yeah uh, from that cable show that he was on normally people like that are going to take anywhere between 70 and 90 percent of your uh, of your of your net profit off of that because they're going to give you something they're going to help you with production costs or do something like that the terms are and you've got to pay up front for that money that's not hard money um but he didn't even have that so he wasn't offering them a great deal on the sauce and but he was also saying but i have this youtube thing that i do and what they know probably or at least what they pretended to know for their basic cable CNBC show, was they were like, oh, okay, well, we know this at a successful YouTube channel, with its, if it's properly monetized, it gets over a half million subscribers, and is a YouTube partner, so it's, it's allowed to be monetized in that way that you get a check from YouTube uh, directly for being a partner with them. They know, well, that could give, that could be like ten to $20,000 a month. So you say ten, so you say for 12 months, that's $120,000 a year. If you only need 60 of that to make your nut, then the investors get 60000 because they're giving you the pieces that you would need to do the YouTube thing. So they're basically like, those are real experienced business guys 
So when a real experienced business guy comes to a shady, shrewd, small-time operator like Jack and says, okay, give me your business plan. What are your financial projections? Because he has no idea what they what are. You, what are you offering us? Yeah. And he was basically so good at BSing people that aren't in business that when he actually met people who were experienced in business, he had no idea what to say because he's never, he's probably never had to do a business plan like that. He probably just pulled this off the way most small business owners do with a couple of credit cards. They finance this or that and they just get it through. They get the bank, they get a business loan from their local bank and it's, you know, they don't just, oh, okay, I put up my house as collateral. Um, I wonder if that's why he had to move. No, his wife got a job in a different area apparently. Oh. So I think she's the breadwinner. Probably. And, uh, oh, that was another thing he, he mentioned on this video was she wanted producer credits. I don't think she should just get producer credits. I think she should be the sous chef because she cuts all the stuff up for him now that his arm isn't working. And honestly, some of the tips and, and snide comments that you hear in the background from her are, are really good suggestions. And it's like, she knows how to cook better than he does probably based on what she's saying. And I would be like, I'd be interested in being like, Hey, let's let's have a cooking with Tammy show because and don't don't let Jack anywhere near it. Just let her cook, let her make her her thing that she wants to make and I bet you 100,000% it'll come out better than anything that he's cooked on this channel. I'd let her bring in some swarthy restaurant tour from the local area to be be the chef for the show, to be the, the cook for the show. And pretty soon cooking with Jack will be replaced by cooking with Ronaldo. Ooh, scandalous. But yeah, no, I, I, I do, I think she helps a lot more than we know behind the scenes and, and she deserves credit for that because she works a full-time job to support Jack, who I believe would qualify for SSI disability. So, I mean, I don't know if this cooking channel is even something he... I think what happened is, can no. Jack tell you he's been, on, he's been on YouTube for a decade? So if he got into this in 2005, 2006, it was very easy because there was nothing else out there. When people went to YouTube, you got, you got served to a lot of YouTube audience that you don't get anymore because there's so many creators out there. There's so many YouTubers out there. There's so many YouTubers on every tier of performance level. Oh yeah. I think they said there's over 566. There are 566 YouTubers out there, YouTube channels, that have over, well over 1 million subscribers to them. Huh. They're already, YouTube is making, if you get over a million views, YouTube is starting to make, there's the diamond level, there's the ruby level, there's like the custom level, like, there are, there are places to go on YouTube, and those people are probably pulling in six figures a month for what they do. Mm -hmm. I think Jack was all, Jack was, Jack got a little bit of success out the gate because there wasn't that much competition in his space. Yep. And I think he started mistaking his luck for skill. Yep, yep, and yep. And then, and now he's arrogant about yep. it. And um, he's not making the money he maybe once saw because YouTube was maybe a little bit more liberal with how they, 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 they did a test market. They saw he did really well because he was the few out there. Well, YouTube got smarter too. You'll hear that from a lot of YouTubers that, you know, it used to be very easy to jiggle the system at YouTube and make double your money or you know you could you could you could do things to cheat the system or even just take advantage of the system in a, in a legal way or even in an ethical way but YouTube has locked a lot of that down that's why you, you know three years ago you heard them all complaining oh they're demonetizing us they're demonetizing my videos they're demonetizing this they changed the channel guidelines they've changed this it's so much harder for the little guy to make money now because YouTube wants to deal with corporate people so YouTube kind of shifted its focus, and I think Jack was one of the victims of that because Jack wasn't big enough to go corporate, 
wasn't smart enough to go corporate, and he was just got lazy with his yeah. YouTube video. And, I mean, you can tell... it's the laziness that killed Jack's channel. Ugh. Anyway, you can tell, like, the quality has really gone downhill. Like, it, I, and I don't know if that's because a result of his stroke or whatever, but the, the quality of the channel has gone down. The enthusiasm level has gone down. Well, I think he's not... I think he is no longer the primary breadwinner, and I think maybe that's what happened. I think maybe his YouTube thing in the early days was pulling in low five figures a month. You know, he would say nine to $12,000 a month. Well, then the wifey doesn't have to work. Tammy didn't have to work, so she could work whatever job she wanted to. Then, when the YouTube revenue started dipping and dipping and dipping... And she had to go do something. Sauces, then she's like, well, I can't look at where we're living here. I can't get the job I need. But if we move to this area, I can get the job and I can be the primary breadwinner. And hopefully your YouTube revenue will pick back up, Jack. But it hasn't. Yeah, um, and and I feel I, I feel like it's accurate. I don't know about the whole backstory thing, but definitely he was at one point in time who was the cooking guy on YouTube, maybe. I mean, I didn't follow people very early on, so I couldn't tell you, but he's been on for over 10 years, and that's that's really, that's big. But um, better people came along. Uh, more skilled people came along, and and the game, they have their production game, and even if cruise. even if you don't have the the really skilled people on there, there's so many people in the space that it's hard to stand out and get the unique views that you need. The people that will come keep coming back, like you have to you have to do something to attract someone. And when you keep making shit recipes that fail or are not good or look terrible. What is the incentive for people to come back? He has the comments turned off. You can't interact with him hardly on social media because either he'll block you, his Twitter account is private. The only way that I can see to e is, is to email him and then he'll respond to you or to get on his Facebook and then he fights with you because there's screenshots. Um... Yeah, the problem is not so much. See, see he, he gets angry at people and turns off his comment section and blocks us on Twitter. Um, he gets angry at people, but I think it's, I think his problem is not that people are unsubscribing to his channel. I think people are, I think he's got hundreds of thousands of people subscribed to his channels. He just doesn't get that, much, that, that many view hours. I think he just doesn't get the minutes anymore. Yeah, and I think, I think a lot of people came to, unfortunately, the YouTube to see the train wreck. And, um, those comments were, like, where people were coming back to engage and maybe the video happened to play in the background as they were reading kind of thing and they don't have that now so they're not there to do that i don't know it's and just he wasn't you know we often see jack as a buffoon because we think we being experienced people in the production and the entertainment industry we see it as it's very easy for people for on-air talent to develop a persona and then that's what gets attacked but i don't think because jack didn't come through the system the way we came through the system he's just a guy so Jack didn't really have the ability to separate personality from persona and say what they're attacking is the Jack character. They're not attacking me. They're attacking the lazy man. They're attacking this. He took it all personally. He's like, you're coming after me. You're coming after but, my ego. But I don't, I mean, you could take it that way. Like, yeah, we're attacking your ego or whatever. But a lot of it is like, hey, you're doing something dangerous. Pink chicken is dangerous. Oh, yeah. Um, undercooked pork is dangerous. Um, maybe if you modified the recipe and did it this way, you know, it would turn out a different way. 
and like maybe they're trying to guide him into more safe cooking techniques and more um i don't know recipe tweaks that would make the recipe better overall and he's taking that as a personal affront which he shouldn't be like everybody has room for improvement even us like we don't know everything like we know we know a great deal about a lot of things but that doesn't make us subject matter matter experts on any of it um but like the fact that people want to help him and he's taking it as an insult is counterproductive. One of the things you learn if you become experienced in any industry is the more that you know, the more you realize you don't know, and the more you realize you will never know. Yeah, because that's there's fair. Because experience, the newer technologies come in, you're not familiar with them, things change, you're used to doing things a certain way, the industry changes. Well, even the YouTube, how YouTube has evolved over the years and the algorithms, like you have to keep on top of that stuff because that changes all the time. Like that in itself, like if he was able to keep on top of it for as long as he has been and, f and still figured out these little loophole things, that's, that's good. That's a good thing. Like that's something that he did right. Um, how he evolved, but is it really successful? I mean, make quality videos make a like look at sam i mean sam the cooking guy babish pressure luck these guys they have probably another person at least helping them whether they're behind the camera editing sound whatever like maybe it's time for him to look at out or like farming out his production because he's not doing a very good job of it himself I think he did that. I think some of the earlier videos had a very good production quality. Yes, they them. did. Um, yeah, the exposures were a little blown out and things, but uh, I think that's because he did have the money then to hire other people. Oh, that's a good point. And he probably got burned with a couple of them because then all of a sudden it was like, hey, you know, the YouTube check didn't pay. You know, the YouTube check was only $4,000 this month. It wasn't eight. And I'm used to paying the production company $4,000. Well, now where does that come from? I can't give them the $4,000. That's what we live off of. Now mm. what do we give them? And then it's, okay, then he misses a payment or two. And, and then they, they yank, yeah. Hey, you can't leave with my, you know, that's my intellectual property, but you made it for my show. Oh, yeah, because he does, we won't really spoil anything, but in his uh, series about making money, he definitely talks about situations where it sounds like he was burned. And one of them was with Fiverr, so I don't know how, I don't know what happened there, but um, I could definitely see that happening to him. Or having files being held ransom, things like that. I could oh, yeah. see that. Okay. A typical shrewd small business owner who doesn't see the big picture and thinks only of it as, how do I make more money? And it's like, well, after a certain point, this is, you're, you're, you're still kind of in show business in YouTube. And what everyone will tell you is, you, show business is always a bad bet if you're just somebody looking to make money. There's a thousand other ways to make money that's easier. Manufacturing a small product, buying a franchise, you know, setting up a location with a good business plan and good exit strategy, betting on the market and betting and putting all it in an index fund. There's different ways to make money. But when you're in the show business game, you've got to be about the passion. And I think somewhere along the way, he lost it, if he ever had it to begin with. No, he was joyful in his first, I don't know, however many years of videos. It was definitely while he was still in the other house. Mm -hmm. I definitely saw a spark there. While, like, the content wasn't all that great, he he owned it. He, he knew he was the lazy man, and he owned that. Now it's just, like, literally, like, he's just showing up for the paycheck. Yeah. And you can tell. He's like a municipal government worker. 
It's a good point, uh, yes. This is Jack. I'm in the Jack department. I'm the manager of the Jack department. Just biding up my time. Yep. Waiting for the retirement check. <laughs> um, I but think. don't you folks be clock watchers. You folks be passionate just like we are. As much as we like making these podcasts for you, you should enjoy them as much. Yeah, so um, we're going to probably end this now because we went on like several tangents here. Over 30-minute podcast for a six-minute video. Well, well, that's that's refreshing. Anyway, maybe we'll end up cutting some of it. But um, oh no, we did a wonderful <laughs> this this uh, this turned into a um, this turned into a Tom Stoppard play of Jack's life. Oh, okay. I have never heard of that person, so I'm gonna take your word for it. Just think slow and tragic. Okay. Slow yeah. And tragic. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we'll probably end it here, and uh, the next videos I think we we're, we're going to review are the YouTube uh, How to Make Money series. I have some notes written down. I want to go over maybe two or three more of the episodes to get an overall view of it, but he's basically flying by the seat of his pants to make these videos, and for somebody that's been on YouTube for 10 years, you'd think you'd have a little bit better grasp on how to make money on YouTube. So it's literally the lazy man's version of making the lazy man series. You can see why his trajectory is heading downward. <laughs> yeah. So I think it, that'll be a fun, hopefully a little bit longer of an episode because we've been kind of skimping these last couple because we were getting over some sicknesses, not coronavirus and other things, uh, life situations going on. But, but uh, as this coronavirus pandemic keeps you people in the house, you're looking for different and alternative ways to entertain yourself. Why not tell 10 of your friends about Pink Chicken and the Lazy Man podcast? We're also on Facebook. I believe the URL is facebook.com slash PCNTLM. If you want to like and subscribe, share, we're on Podbean, we're on several platforms. We love new viewers. We want to share the horror that is the train wreck that is the Cooking with Jack show. All right, folks, uh, we're wrapping it up there. Uh, thank you for tuning in and be sure to uh, gorge yourselves on our glorious podcast product for you. We'll be producing more for you. Thank you. Stay lazy.